this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. Agua Fresca Goza Ale with cucumber and lime, supplied by local brewery Camino Brewing Company. Ding, ding. Send us money. That was my. That was my. uh, The ding was the 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 gleam off my teeth as I smile. And oh, um, that wasn't the money going into your bank account. No, 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 no. No, I have I'm... three waters in front of me because I plan on <laughs> urinating very rapidly at the end of this. <laughs> I have three beers in front of me because I also plan on urinating very rapidly at the end of this. Have you ever watched uh, Queer Eye? Not the new ones. I remember when it first came out. The new one's very good. I am a big, big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to go off on it too long, but it's really good. I think what they're doing is putting some positivity into the world, which I really enjoy. Yeah. But there's the reason I bring it up is the last episode that I watched of the new season that just came out, I think yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys that they are doing the makeover for is <laughs> to adopt a dog. And this dog apparently had been in the cage, not urinating for a while. Oh, okay. And the dog takes the longest piss <laughs> that you've ever seen. Like <laughs> they're standing there and they're the talking. Hours. And they're going, he's still pissing. <laughs> he's still going. <laughs> and this dog is just like, ah. Well, hey, man, good for that dog for having that, that kind of self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that Latte is like that too, unfortunately. He doesn't really ever tell me he has to go to the bathroom, so I just have to check in with him. And he's never gone in the house, not even. I mean, the only time he's ever peed was when I first got him. If I scared him too much, he would you know, release the, I mean, release that, the happens, that happens to me. Yeah, I know. I I try not to scare you very often. Yeah. Yeah. The one time we got on here and I said, boo, you pissed all over your keyboard and then we couldn't record. It was bad. It was bad. It's, it's it's awful. Awful. We told everybody you were sick, but I had to, I had to buy all new equipment. <laughs> Most expensive piss of my life. Wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of expendable income where you're like, <laughs> you know, uh, this weird thing happened and I just bought all new equipment. <laughs> I just feel like peeing on my stuff today. I'll get new ones. If it was me, I'd probably still be sitting here typing on a urine so keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't afford a new computer. This one sucks and I still need it. Like actually, you know, one of these days I probably should warn you and the audience, one of these days I actually have to take this computer in to have the battery fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to do that because it takes like three or four days. I never have three or four days where I'm not either recording or editing an episode. I feel like that's excessive, isn't it? Why well, they send it out, so not really. Well, why? Why do they? Why can't you take it to the place where it is being sent out? There has to be some place nearby. I don't know. I feel like but you're getting scammed. I feel like you're getting scammed. Well, I'm not paying for it, so I don't think I'm getting scammed at all. You're scammed out of your time, my friend. Scammed yeah. out of your time. 
So I, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure out how we're going to make that happen. So that I can, because it's at the point right now, I leave it plugged in all the time as much as I can. But I've been working on this other project and sitting in my chair. So I take the not my desk chair, but my uh, recliner. Mm-hmm. I say, and so I take the laptop over there so that I can watch TV while I'm working on this project. And before, if I got to like, I think it was like ninety, oh sorry, uh, twenty or thirty percent battery, mm-hmm. um, the computer would just shut off because it would hit wherever the whatever's wrong with the fucking battery is. Right. Now at like sixty percent, it'll do it. So at a certain point, it's going to get to 100. <laughs> so I think I need to. And I, I went through this whole process. I think, I'm not sure if I talked about this in an episode with Lamb when it happened. This was months and months ago. So if people listening have heard part of this story, sorry, it's going to be short anyways. But I had to go through this whole thing with Apple Care and, and call them on the phone and talk to this girl and convince her that, you know, like, hey, this battery is bad. It's been bad since the day I got it. And... uh and then she asked me, she's like, how many Apple devices do you own? And I said, well, let's see. I have the original iPad still. I have an iPad mini. I have the iPad Pro. I have an Apple Watch. I have the original Apple Watch. I have an iPhone. I have a MacBook Pro. I have a MacBook Air. I have a MacBook Mini from back in the day. She goes, uh, I have a HomePod. I have the Air airpods i have the apple pencil and she's like okay hold on that's enough that's enough that's enough she's like we're gonna do this for you (laughs) in other words yes you've spent enough with us and i can kind of understand that you know somebody just bought one device it's like tough titties you know like too bad yeah well at least you know at least they have that kind of decency and um appreciation for your patronage yeah Something, something like that. So yeah, I have to go get the battery fixed, and it was like months and months ago. Like I think it was like three or four months ago, and I just I haven't found a way in the schedule to. Well, I haven't put much effort into it. So well, yeah, soon, I mean, one day we're gonna have to record on a different day, Tom. That's fine. Or well, actually, you know what? It might be Lamb who has to do it because yeah. Well, your episode comes out like literally. I episode. I have to edit your the episode with you mm-hmm. the day mm-hmm. after. So that it can come out. So there's not really any leeway. Lamb, I have like two days leeway. Right. Because right, we record right. on Thursday. Three days leeway, actually. We record on Thursdays. And But his episodes don't come out till Monday. So look, either way, I'm talking you. about this. Nobody gives a fuck right now. Look at you and your scheduling. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, let's, 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 uh, let's jump into the questions. Actually, before we go into questions, I did notice something in listening to the last couple episodes. Mm. We forgot what the original purpose of the questions were. Did we? The the questions originally were supposed to be like short one or two sentence answers, and we've been going really long, <laughs> going in depth. Well, it's I like some, a quarter of the episode. Yeah, I got some. <laughs> I got some small two sentence things I've jotted down in some of the many notebooks I have in front of me that I could. Well, yeah, you don't have to. Yours, yours can go a little bit longer because it's a little boring if you only give them one or two sentences. I'm just saying I'm not going to give a really long, elaborate answer to yours okay well, because i could literally take up the whole episode with that answer if i really wanted to yeah it's a, it's a dense answer and it's a i think it's actually morally complex i have problems with it um uh, let's, well, let's get moral to complications first. huh yeah that's well, a good title moral complication moral that sounds complications. like uh, i also maybe that could be like a movie about some kind of sexual abuse trial too so <laughs> i need to write that down moral complications Good bad name. Um, yeah, man, I got to tell you, I'm sitting here. I was like going through like different notebooks I have over different spans of my my adolescence and just like, oh, God. It's that it's, warm feeling, huh? Because like, you know, when you're in your, you know, mid-teens and or late teens and you think you've like starting to get a handle on shit and you're just so like, yeah, I've, I've really, I've, I've been awakened, you know, my mind. And it's all of a sudden you like run into a, at least for me, like I ran into a block. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And I look back on it now <laughs> and I'm even more like me and my younger self have that thing of like, yeah, like what the fuck were we doing? Cause it's like, or what were we thinking? Like what, what kind of opinion did we have of ourselves or like, because like one of the things I found, I was literally calling myself out on it just 
of saying to myself, you think you're so fucking profound, but you're not, <laughs> you know? Um, it's like what Kerouac said, something along the lines to paraphrase it. One day I'll find the right words and they'll be simple. That's what you yeah. learn with age. <laughs> well, when no, you're younger, is. you're like, I'm going to find the coolest way to say this. Yeah. And God, I wish I had it marked. But that's one thing that I did touch on. And one of the things that I found that I was writing was um, the kind of the acceptance of nothing mm. and, you know, simplicity. You know, like we've talked about it in the past on our, um, in our discussions of going through like things are a choice. Like the world and just existing is easy, is simple. You choose right. to make it harder. Right. Um, you know, it. <sighs> as you get older and as you grow and as you become more, you know, kind of, I guess, dejected and whatever else with day-to-day life and what's expected of you as you become an adult and a piece of society, um, you kind of just lose that, that blankness of, yeah, I'm just a thing. I'm just here. I'm just existing. And, the world's going to turn no matter what, if I, you know, if I pay my phone bill or if I do this or I do all these little kind of nonsensical, um, but a, a dankness, that's a good word for it. So, you know, there so is, to speak, there is a bit of a dankness to it, like Lagunitas, but then it has a, a crispness like Lagunitas as well. I mean, if you gave this to me, I would think it was Lagunitas. So I don't know. Yeah, Like if I never should give the label, yeah. I don't know how Russian River feels about that, if that's what they were going for, or if they would be bummed out by that. But the fact that I'm enjoying it, they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And this, I would say this beer is, it's my drink. This is, I could drink many nice. of these. So we have two winners in one episode. So I think, I think as we go along, we'll get better at this beer section. Neither of us know what the hell we're doing. That's kind of the fun part about it. For me, at least. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm extremely excited by the prospect of that. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like the more serious we get and the more formulaic we get, the more, I mean, the, the best versions of this and the, the most comfortable for me are always when it, it, it kind of reverts back to who we are as people and the conversations we typically have. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me feels the best, you know what I mean? Otherwise, otherwise it starts feeling laborious. And, and I feel like the moment it starts edging into that territory, then it becomes harder and harder for me to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Cause it feels like homework. Which will bring us right to the part that I wanted to talk about next, how we ended up here. I, for the most part, this is not going to be a typical episode because it's our first one. And I think was it been, it's been over a year or almost exactly a year. It's been a while. And we kind of just want to talk about how we got here and how we feel about it and uh, whatever else comes out of that. But yeah, I think that the, one of the things going into this that I thought about having just broke off all of my social media for each of my podcasts, my other podcasts, which for anybody who doesn't know, I have three other ones was I I asked myself, Hey, am I going to have to make social media accounts for this too? And then I thought about, I'm like, no, this is the personal podcast. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is, this is the most me uh, as far as my personality, you know, the other ones are certain parts of my, my interests and my, creative outlet but this is the most me my personality and this is the most you your your personality so it makes sense for us to just talk about this podcast if we're going to using our personal accounts Mm, sure and that's something you know i never considered until today when we originally did this show we had an email address for the show and we had you know social media for the show or whatever we should have just had people contacting us on our personal social media accounts because whenever they wanted to say something about the show they never wanted to say something necessarily to both of us. You know, like I want to tell lamb this, well, to go tell lamb. <laughs> I'm not going to be the go between. It seems, seems weird, weirdly logical when you say it like that. It's like, why the hell did we not come to that sooner? Well, you know, of I course, think it's, it's the world in general too. I think that we're moving, we're slowly getting out of the adolescence of social media. Some of us, mm-hmm. Some yeah, of the world sure. is some of the some of the world is just entering social media puberty right now, but mm-hmm. for those of us in at least in Silicon Valley where this is kind of old hat, we've kind of adjusted, and these things make sense, and we we can see things in a more logical sense, having done everything the wrong way before. 
which, <laughs> which in a way, you know, when, when, uh, after we decided we did, to do this, two quotes stuck in my head all week about this show. I wish I could quit you. <laughs> I was like, why am I thinking about Brokeback Mountain all week? It's like, it's but it's so weird. That's how I feel about the show. You know, it's like random badassery. It's back again. I wish I could quit you. Or uh, it has returned. Or Godfather Three. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. They pull me back in. <laughs> you know, my the quote that's tattooed on my chest comes back to me when I think about this show. Which is uh, the Dostoevsky quote, um, it is better to go wrong in your own way than right in someone else's. Well, we're definitely good about going the wrong way. <laughs> That's how we yeah, ended up we here. are excellent at that. Yep. And we're back. Well, one of the interesting things, I think, in breaking things into seasons, like I did, just for the description, so people kind of have a general idea if they picked up the show, you know, what what the hell is, why are these all so different? At first, I thought that was strange that we were always changing, but I kind of like that now. When I look back at it, it's like, oh, we tried a lot of different things and we went through a lot of different phases and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was fun to not like, okay, this is what our show's going to be and it's going to be this forever. Sure. Because I think sometimes you can play a concept out. Well, you are also talking about that, I think, in the one of the previous episodes, which is how there are certain long running shows that have become less interesting because they haven't deviated at all, you know, um, and, and they've just become stale and stagnant. I think that was in the last brainstorms recording that we did that I scrapped. Mm, I see. Yeah. So essentially it's true. You look at, um, I'm not going to name any names, but there are some podcasts that have been going on for 500 episodes with the same exact format. And then you go listen to it now and you're like, I like it because I like the people, but it's not as good as it used to be. God, that's a lot. 500 episodes of the exact same thing, man. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I don't that seems, that's, that's That feels like so much, you know? It's too much. Yeah. One of the reasons we are a little less prepared today, too, is Lamb spilled the beans. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to wait till November to do this. <laughs> And then Lamb spilled the beans because you couldn't hold back. You were excited. Why were you so excited? Oh, yeah. No, I was super excited because I, it, because it, feel, it finally felt right. You know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The last iteration of the show actually felt pretty good as well. It was a different show. You know, just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the last, the, the last thing we did, which was brainstorms. I mean, I feel like there were elements early on that were really comfortable. Um, and I really, really liked those things. Um, but I feel like now we're 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 slowly but surely getting back to to what at least in my mind um, the thing that I always kind of and I, I don't know if I was conscious of this until now, uh, but the thing that I always kind of wanted the show to or not the show but for us to go back to is what it felt like to just have conversations on on Carlos's porch. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like I mean those those were the conversations. Carlos is that, a good friend of ours, by the way. Yeah, he's 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 and and we used to have these crazy long philosophical artistic i mean it, it, we we talked about essentially everything including yeah including farts and 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 boobs and stupid stuff um yeah. but we also talked about you know like philosophies of the universe and like existentialism and all that kind of stuff too and we would have these marathon conversations till like three in the morning on his porch mm-hmm. um and those were the kind of conversations that i would be annoyed leaving because i just would want to keep going you know what i mean um and that's what i kind of wanted it to return to um, and I, I feel like we've gotten close in bits and pieces, but we haven't committed fully to going back to, to what our friendship looks like. And I think the core of this show for, for all intents and purposes in my mind is at its best when it mimics as best as possible the conditions that were conducive to our friendship. Well, for people who are listening that weren't following what we've been doing in the meantime, we had another show which still exists. It's called Brainstorms. And our idea with that was, well, originally it wasn't called Brainstorms. You remember? When we first started Mm -hmm. that, it was called The Other Shit because Mm -hmm. it was a place where we decided that we wanted to do a podcast together again because we missed doing it. And especially with everything going on in the world, like social time was like gone, you know, like nobody's like hanging out with anybody right now. So like it forced us to schedule time to hang out in a way. And it was called the other shit because at the time I was, and still to some degree, am knee deep in 
true crime research. And Lamb mm-hmm. is neck deep, at least that high, in politics. <laughs> and we needed yeah. a place to talk about something other than those two things. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we got, like, I don't know, I think it was two episodes into it, and you made a comment. You said, eventually, we should change the name, because then I I wasn't sure if we could call it the other shit, or if Apple would just kick us out with the word shit. So I put an asterisk where the I is, which made it impossible to find in search. Now, when you made that comment, you remember making that comment, first of all? Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay, so was it an offhand comment, or had you been thinking about it for a while? No, I'd been thinking about it. The moment I saw the moment I saw the name, I was like, "Yeah, there. No one's ever going to find this thing." Mm. And 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 I thought, you know, because I mean, for me, like especially in the political world that I'm working in, like there's, and and this is part of the reason why I didn't say it earlier, um, is because I didn't want it to feel too businessy. Like I didn't want us to care about who saw it and who found right. it. Um, but at one point or another, like you make that, you think to yourself, I mean, come on, we're, we're doing this so people can listen to it. We really should make it so that I, even if we don't purposefully want people to find it, we shouldn't make it hard for people to find it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've had, we've had conversations, especially on brainstorms. We had a couple conversations about working against yourself, especially with social media, yeah. working against the algorithm and all of these other things. So you made that comment and it was something I think I hadn't consciously been thinking about, but it had been lingering underneath. And as with the way my brain works, it takes a little time for things to sink in. And actually, I kind of wish to some degree we had some of that conversation that we had last week that I scrapped because we did talk a little bit and maybe even before we recorded, to be honest, I think it may have been the intro to that episode, but we talked a little bit about my speech impediments. Mm-hmm. And how I'm always, my mind is always 30, if I'm lucky, 30 seconds in front of my mouth. Sure. And because of that, I think it takes a while for me to register things because I have to be outside of the moment and go, oh, that person said that. I understood that on a surface level, but now I'm actually contemplating what that means. And then those things sink in. Sure. And then about a week after that, I was like, yeah, he's right. We need a different name. We need a different name. Yeah, we need a different name. And I, Started searching around and surprisingly, brainstorms two words was not taken. It, well, it was, but it was one person made like four episodes in like 2017. So effectively, abandoned anchor podcast doesn't count. So was not taken. And I think something about the transition to that name, going back to what you said about taking it too seriously, slowly led us to taking that show more seriously than we intended which ended up Mm -hmm. being a good thing, but not necessarily for you and I together. Sure. Because what we realized, especially after the last one, you you made what I think was an offhand comment, but maybe not, that it has to be fun for you. And I realized that in order for that show to fulfill what it was doing to reach the audience that it's made for, that it was going to be less conversation and more of me telling you things and you reacting. And I started to think about that. I'm like... That's really fucking boring for him. I mean, it would be less. It would be less boring if it was something that I was actively working on. And I think that, you know, in the conversation we've had throughout the course of the week, that was something that you flushed out. Which is, if we were both working on developing, you know, our our work patterns within a note taking app, then I think it would be a far more enjoyable show. But if I have no idea like what you're talking about, nor do I have a desire to work on that specific thing, then we've got a problem. You know, right? I think what I said to you was it would be like doing a fishing show with someone who doesn't eat seafood. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I realized that's the other thing you said in that particular episode. You said something along the lines of how you weren't using note-taking apps and you weren't using checklist apps anymore. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, that's going to be a, a large focus of the show because that's the audience. Sure, sure, sure. And I was like, I started thinking, I'm like, do I really want to go into every show feeling like I have to justify what I'm, you know, the topic because you're not interested in it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not going to work either. Sure, so then, sure. So my next thought was, well, I still want a podcast with Lamb. What do we do? And I had been doing the newsletter. I've been doing my weekly re- review newsletter, which I brought back, I think, two months ago, maybe less. And in the last three or four episodes, I had switched it to an audio format. And that's where I came up with the whole weekly beer thing. And I, th- I think that the second to last episode of, of it in the audio format... I decided, oh, you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about what has worked from my week. 
And I realized that like those two ideas were really good ideas. They were just in the wrong place because me talking about beer to myself in the newsletter, interesting, sort of far more interesting for two people to share a beer and talk about the beer that they're drinking. And the same thing, modified version of going back over the week in a way. I don't want this to be like a weekly review, but like you and I had talked about, like we'll just keep our eyes open, our ears open during the week for that's something interesting that I want to have a conversation about mm-hmm. and be able to bring that in. And I was like, that's going to work more for that. And then I realized I'm like, well, I have the random badassery feed. Why don't we just bring it back? And then the moment I brought it up to you first, your first reaction actually wasn't yes. Your first reaction was there's got to be a middle ground here. That was your first yep. reaction. What were you thinking then? So I feel like there's a lack of formula that helps us, but I also feel like there's a existence of structure that helps us. And it's hard to really reconcile how those coexist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, without it being too rigid and without it being too freeform, there's got to be a somewhere in between there. Right. Which is what I'm looking forward to doing with the show. This is a part where, for those of you listening, we're going to kind of explain at least starting off where we think we're going, why we brought this back, what we think we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as with anything, it probably will evolve as we get into it. As we realize, oh, we suck at that. Don't do that. Go this way a little more. We'll see what happens. But I think what we learned from brainstorms was having a, a more focused uh, direction with mm-hmm. where the episode's going was beneficial. Some limitation was beneficial. Whereas, That was one of the problems we had when we started this show. There was literally no limitation. And we went everywhere and we missed a lot of really good opportunities. Because there's things we talked about that we just breathed breezed over very briefly. So for me, what I've been thinking, and I think I communicated this to you well, is taking the idea of like, hey, here's something that would have come up, you know, from the week I've been thinking about this. I think my, my example to you was... Uh, if you're watching Star Trek and you think, can a paperless society really work? Hmm. That's an interesting conversation. So you set up a fence, like here's, you know, we're going to talk about this one or two things in this episode, but then other than that, let go of the limitations. Mm -hmm. Instead of, hey, let's talk about 15 things in this episode and not really get anywhere with them or focus on one or two things and really try to actually understand what we're talking about and like really go for, for something, but then not have that have a format. I think that's the taking the lessons we learned from brainstorms and then applying what we loved about this show to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And allowing that to flourish, you know, like right now for all intents and purposes, we are in the fence of, Hey, we're talking about being back, but there's been no structure other than that. We've gone kind of all over the place within that. Yeah. But I, I think that's, thing that we we worry too much about is that structure. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we should always be cognizant of it, but I think you and I have a natural pace and rhythm. I mean, the, the amount that we have talked recorded is, is shockingly high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think from, from the, the, from just that alone, we've established a rhythm that we, 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 I think we clearly, un- like we subconsciously have defined for ourselves. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's as necessary to, to, be too rigid. And I think that was part of the reason why I think a brainstorms was starting to head in the wrong direction in my mind is because we were starting to become too rigid, you know? Well, yeah, it was a show that had a a specific audience and a specific focus. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of some of the topics in that show, like uh, when we talked about mental maps, when we talked about that episode, like is the brain are all of our cognitive functions built upon the spatial structures of the mind. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to have fairly good notes to go into that episode. Otherwise, I'd sound like an idiot. Sure, sure, sure. But the problem is when you go into an episode with extensive notes is you end up reading the extensive notes for most of the episode, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you were feeling in that rigid structure. So that's why like, it just didn't work for us to do that show together because mm-hmm. it's the wrong audience. Yeah. Whereas we can take a topic here and go, here's the topic, and then just go from there. No notes. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking a lot about, you know, like this category that technically we're in the arts category. And before that was obviously very much the focus of the show. And I was like, we're going to have to change the category for this show. And I said, no, you know what? I think this show is about when you, when you dig down, at least where it's going to be 
going forward and maybe what it always was and we didn't realize it's about the art of conversation. So that, that idea of like, Hey, let's talk about this until, you know, like, okay, we're at the exhausted point with that. Do you have another topic? Boom. You know, instead of before what we would do is like, just jump when we felt like it. And we never really, I, I, I listened back to some episodes and I'm like, Oh, that was a really interesting concept there. And we talked about it for like 40 seconds and how disappointing, how disappointed I was listening to some of those. It's very funny you say that because I, going into this episode, there was definitely one that I really wanted to talk to you about from a previous episode that I think we just skimmed over. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I plan on doing is going back every once in a while and listening to old episodes and looking for those loose threads. Because mm-hmm. we're still uh, the same people. I mean, we've of which there of which there are a lot, by the way. And there's stuff that we talked about that's changed. You know. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting. I want to be able to bring that continuity, even going back and listening to episodes that I did when you weren't on the show, like mm-hmm. that I, you know, uh, people I interviewed in that season, there might be stuff there that you and I could talk about too. Oh, sure. True. Yeah. I can see so, that. So it's be be really interesting. I, I think in some way it can be like an unofficial homework for you and I is to, to always in some way be listening to old episodes and looking for stuff. Yeah. Not as the focus of the show, but something to enrich the history of the show, to bring this all together. Because I do think as as much as the evolution is important, a certain continuity also is important. Yeah. No, I get that. I understand. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that for you and I. I think that's a mistake a lot of podcasters make is they make choices about their podcast based on themselves. Yeah. It's for people listening, if there there's there's at least a couple people that are listening to this that know the show from the beginning. And how interesting would it be if we started talking about something and they went, oh my God, I remember that. Sure. That would be, I, if I was someone listening to a show and that happened, I would think that was the coolest thing. And I don't, you don't hear that a lot. It's like what I used to say about sitcoms. One of the things I kind of, I don't want to say hated. One of the things that would always bother me about sitcoms and early TV shows, you know, all the way up until the eighties, those first three decades of television mm-hmm. is they had no memories. Mm. you know, an episode would happen and they'd be talking about something. And it was like the episode that happened three episodes ago never happened. Yeah. 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 But then you, that's why I love shows like how I met your mother, because mm-hmm. they would make a, in season one, they would make a joke, you know, cause that time that show was kind of phasing in and out of time. It was being told from the future. Yeah. This is me telling the past of how I met your mother. So he would mention things that happened like five years in the future from when the first season was taking place. But when they got to the season where that thing actually happened, they had it happen. And I hmm. always loved that, that there was that care put into that. So in, in a way, I guess I think about that when we talk about these things, about bringing stuff up. On the yeah, there are, certain, there are certain shows that I wish would do that a lot more and have the opportunity to do that a lot more too. Like shows like, you know, our favorite TNG, for example. Like I feel like there are moments where there that, that show needed a stronger sense of history. Um, I think certain shows like DS9 learned that that mistake um, and, and, and capitalized on it by having a very long memory. Like, I mean, if you look at, you know, Galdicott or like Garrick as characters, like their, their, their stories are, are told over such a long period of time and their memories are so long when it comes to the narrative itself. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I can't, I can't say enough, like how much I appreciate when a show brings back because, you know, I, I, and we've had this conversation on, on numerous shows, like I have a pretty good memory for that kind of stuff. So I love it when shows do that. Yeah. And by the way, he's talking about two Star Trek shows. He's using acronyms for those of us, for those of the Trekkies. He forgot that that we really aren't the only two people here. (laughs) Star Trek, the next generation and Deep Space Nine. Uh, But you're right. I think part of that is those old shows. It's because the way that the writing was done is people would just come in and write an episode, but they didn't tell them what was going on with other people writing episodes that season. You know, just like, hey, I wrote Mm -hmm. I wrote an episode of of the next generation. Cool. And it was like its own entity. They may in some way play off of stuff that had happened in seasons before, but stuff that was happening within that season, they didn't know they weren't in a writer's room. People would, Mm. and that's, that's a a newer thing. That comedy really brought that to the table with dramas was the idea of a writer's room where the writers were in constant communication with each other about the arc of the show. And the, the thing that those shows also didn't have is they didn't really have showrunners the way that we see them now what they sure. used to, when they had showrunners then it was mostly a producer 
But the showrunners mm-hmm. now are more in a directorial creative role where they're the one controlling the arc. You know, like uh, when you think about, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who does Veronica Mars, he's not writing all the episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, know, yeah. God, what the hell's his name? Or Chibnall. Chibnall, who's, he's, he's the guy that did Broadchurch and now he's the one, he's the showrunner for the current Doctor Who. They're not writing all the episodes, yeah. but they are setting the arc for the season. Like here are the things that are happening in the season. They're keeping track of those things so that when writers are doing individual episodes, they're going, okay, well, you can't do that because two episodes ago this happened. At least that's what the good showrunners are doing. But sure. I think that's that's still a, a more modern phenomena. Uh, I think especially shows like Breaking Bad really, they changed the game. But unfortunately, I think for me, they changed the game a little too much because I do miss episodic television. Ah, and nice segue into what I wanted to talk about. Episodic television? Yeah, and and I I mean, it was something that we brushed upon a few... I don't even remember if it was a, the last episode that we spoke about it, but I wanted to talk about how fucking serious TV is now. <laughs> Too much. Oh, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, this I was actually a personal stuff. conversation we had, by the way. It wasn't oh, really? Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was a, pre, it was a pre-episode. Um, I mean... I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty serious and intense dude by nature, but I think that's part of the reason why, like, so I used to watch TV and, and, and movies all the time, right? Like I used to check out the new stuff and, and, and I loved seeing like, you know, the, the craftsmanship and shows and the new narratives and the story, storytelling and all that kind of stuff. But I haven't took, taken on a new show in like a year and a half. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because I think I, I've gotten to the point now where I cannot handle the seriousness of it. It's, it's, I think I worded when we had that conversation, the way I worded it to you was the new shows, they want too much from me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that yeah. is the way you put it. I remember that. And especially with, with those, what's going on in the world right now, I don't have that much of myself to give. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And, we and, won't get and, into that, but... <laughs> Yeah. And, and all things considered, like, I mean, I have, I want to turn my brain off. I actually more so than just turning my brain off. I want to turn my head and my heart off, you know? Um, and, and that's not to say that I, I want that all the time. You know, I just, I, I just want that right now. Like I need a break, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this stuff is, this stuff is so hard and the world is so hard. And there's so many things going on that the last thing I need is to then worry about a character or worry about the, the, the universe within the scope of a show as well. You right. know? And what, to clarify for anybody who's not clear about exactly what we're talking about. So there's technically two kinds of television, episodic television, and then story arc television. Those might not be the technical terms TV people use. Those are terms I use. Episodic, episodic TV shows are law and order. A story starts at the beginning and by the end of the, the hour, it's over. Yep. Story arc, sometimes the whole a season, sometimes the whole show. Think mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. The difference here is episodic television, you can turn it on and generally just watch an episode. Game of Thrones, you don't really want to turn on a Game of Thrones and go, you know what? I've never seen this show before. Let's start with season four, episode one. Yeah, can't do it. <laughs> I mean, you could, but I mean... You have no fucking idea what's going on. You have no idea what's going on. No concept. You, you would be so lost. And, and both are good. You know, for some stories can only be told one way. Some can only be told the other, but... sure. Story arc television has been very much in vogue and episodic TV is looked at as silly, but I don't think it is. You know, like we look at some of the shows. Yeah. If you go back to like the eighties and stuff like that, of course it looks silly. Number one, people are still trying trying to figure out how television was different than stage acting to Mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you look at like something like the golden girls, or you watch the first episode of cheers is a great example. It is kind of set up like a play. It has the pace oh, sure. of a play. Yeah. There's still a dramaticism to it in the way that it's written because they're still trying to figure television out. So, of course, mm-hmm. when you go back and look at episodic television, you're going to see an inherent cheesiness to it. But if you look at other shows later where they start transitioning, like I think that Homicide Life on the Street, my favorite show of all time, is a great example of having story arcs, but being an episodic television show most of the time. Sometimes they had episodes that would go a little bit. You know, sometimes it takes three times, for, three episodes for a storyline to complete. But then you'd have like five episodes that were complete at the end of the hour. And that was the first show that introduced me to the idea of history. That someone who couldn't solve a case in season one was still, it was, that case was still being referenced six years later. So I think there's a middle ground there too. There's an artfulness to episodic television. 
If there's anybody who has been a longtime listener of all of our podcasts that has started a drinking game, anytime you bring up homicide, life on the streets, everybody's got a drink. <laughs> I think if they really want to get hammered, they should really take a drink. It's oh my god! It's like once every three episodes. I kind I kind of wait for it. If I'm being honest with you, I'm like, how long is it going to take them for him to? How long is it going to take Chad to bring that show into this <laughs> into this episode or version of the show? Uh, it's awesome. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's there's still the full artfulness of episodic television has yet to be explored, and I would like to see that because there is a certain satisfaction that maybe we need right now to be able to watch something and feel that mm-hmm. it's solved in 45 minutes or an hour. Oh, I completely agree with that. I, I, so I, 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 there are no words that I can use to express how much I agree with that in the sense that like, I feel like our, our very survival, I feel like depends on it. And I don't, and I'm not saying that these things have to be happy endings, but why was law and order on at the time, it was the longest running television drama of all time. Why? Why was it that successful? Some of it was actually the formula of the episodic television. Mm-hmm. You could turn on TNT. It's still on TNT today in reruns 20 years later. Oh, man, really? Yeah, they have that contract forever. But you Jeez. can turn that on and watch an episode of Law & Order. I mean, you know, you'll figure it out like, oh, it's Curtis and, and Briscoe. Okay, this is like fourth or fifth season. You might know that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. But you could watch that, and then it's going to go through the episode, and at the end, you're going to find out whether the person gets off or they go to prison, and then, dong dong, and the episode's over. Ah, whether it's a happy ending or not, there's still a release because it's like story complete, and I missed that. Did you see the huge backlash that show on Amazon The Boys got because they were releasing one episode at a time? No, but I love I love anybody that does something that nobody else is doing, at least in the arts. Maybe not so much in politics. And, and, but, this, this, but, this def, but, the, but this definitely speaks to something that we're talking about, which is, you know, because that show didn't really have a resolve from episode to episode, people just needed that sense of conclusion to feel okay. You know what I mean? Now um, they do. But when you go back to when we were watching, all watching True Detective season one together, mm-hmm. that week delay between the episodes back then was really mm-hmm. healthy. Because oh, awesome. it, yeah. it mm-hmm. created theorizing and we had so many discussions about how many times we would be down at that studio that Matt, our friends, Matt and Brandon had that studio downtown. How many times mm-hmm. we'd be out in front of that building talking about True Detective? Well, what do you think about this guy? Oh, think? man. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but that was a different that. that was a different world. Sure. So it definitely it's a context thing, too. So I think now is a really good time for us to invest in episodic television. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if anyone's actually actively doing that. I don't know. To be honest, you know who the masters of episodic television are? The British. Mm. Yeah, true. And one of the reason the reasons that the BBC in particular is so good at episodic television is because unlike us, who we typically set our shows to 45 minutes because we still think we're on broadcast television mm-hmm. and we make for 15 minutes and we aim for a specific hour. So 45 minute episodes, it's ridiculous. Like well, you can make a TV show, whatever length you want when it's streaming, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's streaming. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. But the British TV shows, the way advertising work on the BBC is it didn't. It's public television. They don't have ads. Yeah, sure. So their episodes would be an hour and 30 minutes. The difference in that episodic television in that approximately, well, let's see, 40 minutes between an hour and 30, was that a 90 minute difference? We're drinking beer. We're not doing math here. Yeah, I was going to say, man, you're asking a lot if you think I'm going to do math right now. I mean, I, I honestly have no idea if that's correct or not. I'm agreeing with you because I'm halfway through this beer and I, I don't drink much either. And I'm getting a little a little buzzy. <laughs> well, actually, so yeah, sure. Why not? That's fine. I, I, did the, I did the math while you were saying that. I, I, I said that wrong. There is a 90 minutes is an hour and a half. So it's yes. 60 minutes plus 30. So 40 minutes between so it's a it's a 50 minute difference so technically a british television show is twice as long as an american television show mm. on average I mean, all, not all british shows are an hour and a half but you know sure, like sure. uh midsummer murders sherlock silent witness all of these crime shows luther all an hour and a half episodes mm-hmm. what you can accomplish in that time in an episode in an episodic format is double what you can accomplish in an american one so what feels rushed in an american one 
because you have to get it done in 40 minutes, you can spread out in a British one. That's why they're the masters of episodic television because they give it time to develop. A- am I right in remembering that um, Sherlock was also much longer as well? Am I right? Sherlock in that? was on the list I just said. Oh, okay. Sorry, I yeah. missed that. Okay. okay, it was the beer. <laughs> Damn it! That's the beauty of bringing beer into the format. Is we can blame wow. anything on the beer. This is pure magic. I mean, I plus like, not only that, but I'm drinking. I'm I'm drinking this beer faster than I probably would normally too, as well. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost done. All, yeah, it's all kinds of awesome, man. It's great. I didn't think we'd be talking about television, but you know what? Let's 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 go on a little. We'll stick with the television here. I have a question for you. Mm. why isn't anybody doing what I just said a few minutes ago and making the, each episode individually different in length? You know, let the story dictate the length. There are a few shows that do that. Um, really? Unfortunately, there are some shows that are not great that do that. Like the, the boys, um, act, no, that, that's not an example of a bad show. That's an example of a fantastic show that does that. They kind of, the lengths change a little bit from show from episode to episode. And this last episode for the second season is actually like an hour and 20 minutes. Mm. So they took their time and told the story that they needed to tell. Um, Game of Thrones did that in the last season too, as well. That's an example of a show that didn't do it well, but still did it. Um, but I feel like some of the streaming services are now really starting to, to, to realize like, hey, why, why are we sticking to a time right. frame? Like that makes no sense. Like with podcasts, that's the one thing when I hear people interviewed, or actually not even interviewed when they're talking one-on-one, like, you know, it's like the same two hosts every week mm-hmm. and they go, well, we're coming up on our hour. Whose clock are you on? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who the hell? Why do you care? Yeah. They're not on radio. They're not going to kick you off of your time slot. Keep going. Sure. If, you, yeah, if, you're, you're, if you're hot, keep going. Yeah. You're not stuck in a studio where like you're paying rent and they're going to kick you out. Who yeah. cares? And I think that with television, that could be so interesting where, you know, sometimes you might have, you think about Doctor Who, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe she goes off to a planet and just do a few things. And you know what? In 20 minutes, the story's done. It's just a short little story. Okay, you get a 20-minute episode. Next week, maybe it's an hour and 40 minutes because it's an epic battle she has to go through. Yeah, or she has to go back in time and like unravel something or, you know, yeah, yeah. give it give it the time it needs to to tell the story properly, sure. And how fascinating, because the thing is, I don't know a lot about how they measure success with streaming shows, but I, okay. Topic today I wanted to talk about. So I had this weird, I don't know, sometimes a lot of these, when these topics I thought were going to come out of books and stuff, but right, lately they've been coming out of walks when I'm walking and I'll, I'll start stewing on something and then I'll really realize like 20 minutes into the walk. I'm like, Oh, I've been thinking about that idea for a while. And I'm still trying to train myself to write this shit down when I'm walking so that I don't forget. But mm. one that was particularly on my mind the other day was this idea of permission. Um, and I've been trying to figure out all day how I was going to explain this. Permission as in the sense of the permission to do things in in this show, I would say in a creative context, but I think that the idea can obviously be expanded to anything in our lives. I don't want to go that broad with it because then it's a very strange topic because we can bounce through anything in the world. So I'm going to try to constrain it to creating things. There are times that I've caught myself, even still today, using permission or the idea of permission to do something from other people as kind of a way to avoid ownership and responsibility in, in the sense that like, uh, like, okay, the, the, we'll use this podcast as a great example. Yeah. In reality. So it's you, me and lamb, but in reality, this is my podcast. Yeah. In the sense I, I, I'm the one that made the website. I do all the editing I do the recording and I'm the one that asked <laughs> you guys to right. join me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and for the audience, I'm not saying this as a dominance thing. I'm just saying it so you understand what I'm about to explain. I can easily convince myself that it is not my podcast. And by doing that, I can offshoot my responsibility. So there are things that might need to be done 
And I can avoid doing them by saying, well, I have to wait until I talk to Lamb and Tom about that. Mm. When in, in reality, I don't. In reality, I can do whatever I want. I, obviously, there are things I would do as a courtesy to you guys. I'm not saying I would be a jerk, but there are things that you guys probably don't care about that you wouldn't even want to know that I was contemplating about, but I will use that as a way to avoid doing them. Am I making sense? Yes. So that's, that's what I've been thinking about. Like this idea of if, why do we wait for my original question myself was why do we wait for permission? And it's because we don't want the responsibility and the ownership hundred percent on us. So I can, um, like, for example, if something needs to be posted to the Instagram, mm-hmm. I can easily go, well, Tom's the one that said it. So Tom can be the one to post it mm. and then wait for it to happen. Or I could just fucking post it. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and so by doing that, what I also, when I went deeper with it, I said, what also gets really bad, like a situation like, like this podcast, what could get really bad is if I sat and waited for those things to happen, then I could easily manufacture resentment. Yes, 100%. Because I'm expecting people to take ownership of something that's not actually their responsibility. And then because it doesn't happen, I could go, well, fuck them. Yeah. And then I get to do that because now, now that I get to get mad and I get upset, I can avoid the responsibility even longer. I see that that that's not something that only, I mean... I have more experience with that in, you know, relationships with people Mm. because that to me is the age old um, kind of fodder for resentment between, you know, people in a relationship one way or the other, where it's like you have all these things going on in your head and these thoughts and these feelings and these observations but you never bring it up and you never vocalize it. You never verbalize it. You never bring it up to the person that it is that you're having all this stuff towards, you know, that you're in the relationship with, whether it be a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So if you're, if you, for like instance, like if say you're watching a movie, right? In the opening scene, you're watching a person dealing with another person and they're going through all of these like you know troubles and oh you didn't do this and you haven't done this for me or you're uh you know accounting yeah your your actions are hurting me because of this and blah, blah, blah all this stuff and you're like oh wow that's just a really bad and then it cuts to you know transitions to another scene and it just you know leads you to now understand that all of that stuff was happening inside one person's mind mm-hmm. and it's not usually yeah i wonder so the the permission comes from what that is like the person feels that they've now been given the permission to feel the way and act that way because they've convinced their mind that they're justified because so and so was supposed to you know you know because oh yeah you were saying with the whole like oh like tom will yeah tom will post something it's like all right well did you and I talk about that? Right. No, we didn't. Okay. So right now in that position and that, or in that situation, the position I'm in is I am unaware of this whole thing entirely. You being the one that created the thought and the, Hey, what he said would go well as a post with this connected to that. But he did it, so he needs to do it. Okay, one thing is missing from that. Is the other person aware that it's something that could be posted? Because the other person might not be thinking about it. Right. The other person is another person, has their own things going on. So without that communication, without that honesty, the openness, and the ability to just say things and bring it up, you know, I, I don't know where this whole thing came from where most people think like, you know, oh, well, you should just know. Like, yeah, that's, that's stupid. You know, people have been, you know, saying that and using that as their fucking just like almost like a religion for so many years. 
Well, it's, it's an, like I, the thing I said, it's a way to avoid ownership and responsibility. Right. And why is that, that stuff on other right. people? Right. So it's, it's for whatever reason, not wanting to kind of, you know, have the strength of responsibility on your own because yeah, okay. Things might go wrong, but if things go wrong, some people don't want to ever feel like they were uh, a part of the side that was in the wrong. Right. What's funny, the two like things that you just brought up there are really interesting because I've been reading, just beginning to read this book called Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. And it's by two guys that used to be Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. Jocko Willink and uh, Leif Babin. Jocko for sure has been on Rogan, Tim Ferriss, pretty much all of those type of shows. Leaf might have been as well. But one of the things that they talk about in there, first of all, extreme ownership is at its core, like one of the things he said, like being a SEAL, I should say, they say, one of the things they say, like being a SEAL leader, when something goes wrong, it's your fault. Yeah. If you're the leader, even if, you know, that guy didn't communicate this, you know, they have some examples of stuff that go wrong, that went wrong for them in Ramadi. You know, it could be that guy didn't send the report and this guy didn't do this and this guy didn't do that. But when it comes down to it, it's on him because he's the leader of that unit. Yeah. 100%. And so one of the examples that so funny because I actually didn't have this on the notes about this book to bring in, but you talked right into it was there is an example of a, I think it was a sales organization of some sort. And there was a manager and then underneath the managers were the sales managers. And then underneath that were the salespeople. And the company had just instituted a change to the sales uh, pay structure, basically paying less to the lower performers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember if it was Jocko or Leaf. One of the two of them was at, at the time uh, a consultant at this company. And so this is going through and he's in the meeting with the sales managers and they're all complaining about this new thing. You know, it's, it's going to scare away people and they're going to leave us and they're going to go to other companies and you know, it's awful. And how are we going to explain this to them and all this? And he says, well, have you guys explained this to your boss? I think it wasn't a manager. I think it was a CEO. Mm-hmm. Have you explained this to the CEO? Uh, no. And they, it was kind of apparent that they were all afraid to. And so he went and talked to the CEO and told her, you know, like, I've been, you know, you're doing this pay structure thing and you, you, you know, your, your people have problems with it. And she's like, what? He's, or they don't, they don't get it. You know, she's like, what? It's really basic. And she explains it to him. He's like, no, 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 they get that, but they don't understand why. And so she like tells him why she's like, well, you know, like by taking that structure, she's like, I've done this many times before at other places. she's like, by taking out the lower performers who we don't want anyways, because they're low performers and, and cutting that pay structure out, we can lower the price of the actual thing that we're selling. Mm-hmm. And then it'll bring in more sales and everybody will make more money. And he's like, well, they don't know that. And she's like, well, they should get that. She's like, and he's and exactly like what you said. Why should they know that? Yeah. Like, why? Wh- how, how would they know that? So like she, the whole point of or the whole process of how information gets from one point to the other. So she gets it like pretty quick and she's like, okay. So she calls a meeting and she goes in and she gives a presentation. She's like, here's why I'm doing this. And then obviously it clicks for all of them. They go, oh, okay. And now they can, you know, do it. So then afterwards she leaves and he stays with the sales managers and he says, okay, you know, like, what do you guys have to learn from this situation? And then like, well, we get it now. He's like, yeah, but why didn't you get it before? Right. I was like, well, she didn't tell us. He's like, but how the fuck would she know that you don't get it if you don't go tell her you don't get it? Exactly, because both sides are kind of just like making the assumption. The upper is think, uh, making the assumption, hey, these are adequately intelli- you know, or equipped adults that have intelligence of some, you know, they're able to leave the house with their shoes tied and their pants on. So I assume... But you made it here safely and there's not a trail of wreckage and fire behind you. 
that you have at least IQ of, you know, the more than the wall that you're, you know, standing against. So you're in the position you are because you've reached this, uh, this position by doing this, that, and the other thing. You should be able to have what the person in charge deems as the necessary um, mental capabilities and the experiences and the talents that she or he or they, in this story you're saying, she believes is necessary for those in that position. So Mm -hmm. she believes all she's got to do is just say that, hey, you know, I got it because this is how it was explained to me. So you should be able to get it because of you should be on the, at least the same level of understanding that I have. Those on the other end, are like, well, I don't. Uh, they, I, mean, I, uh, I don't know more. It's like they're just scared. I guess at that point, they're they're like, well, well I don't. They're kind of doing the same thing. They're in both cases. They're passing on ownership. Right. They're passing no, they, the buck. This this chore, this understanding, this whatever, this this isn't mine. This is theirs. Right. So now okay. I don't have to I don't have to worry about it because if it, when it goes wrong, I can say, Hey, you never told me. And right, exactly. literally people are literally creating logic traps. Dude, I say that all the time. You know, it's good it's so that you can say, like, uh, you didn't tell me. You know, like I had an uh, example, I had a client once who did this assumptive thing. He's a salesman. And he wanted me to send emails for him. I said, and this was a first time client. Mm-hmm. Never didn't know this guy at all. <laughs> no shit, right? So he sends me like all his account information or whatever. And then he's like, okay, send an email about this product and this product. Boom. And that's it. And I'm like, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, what do you want it to look like? I need yeah. to, you know, I need to know, like, what do you want it to look like? What do you want it to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to say about the products? You know, like, there's, hundreds of questions and it was just like oh just send it like no i i can't just say you want me to just send a white sheet email that says product one product two send yeah yeah (laughs) because that's all the information you've given me dude i just dealt with this shit like i deal with that all the time but i literally just dealing with this yesterday at work but continue if you have more going on well i i just you know obviously i in that situation it's very obvious i can't do anything so i could have Day. And mm-hmm. that was nice, you know. Like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to get sick of these two things because it's an egg and avocado. Yeah, sure. Good and good. You know, it'd be like saying, like, I'm having bacon every day. Yeah, you could probably do that forever. Sure, because it's bacon. It's fucking bacon. Let's be real. But I, but dude, doing the the same lunch every day or the same thing for lunch every day for like a week is so weirdly liberating. You also, it, it it makes you eat at the same time every day too. Right. So you you build all these weird habits into it purely by by function because now you don't have to think about either of those things. It's awesome. Yeah, that would be like page 75 of Lamb's personal information. Uh, not personal information. What did I call it? Personal procedural manual. Sure. You know, like, okay, boom, I learned this. So maybe your diet gets weird in like five years and you forget that you did that. And you flip to that section and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. That was really good. Maybe I should go back to that. Sorry, like, I totally... My my microphone or my headphones completely cut off for like two seconds there. I'm back now. Mm. I so said I missed, I missed the last ten seconds of what you said. I said that you, you know, like maybe in five years your diet gets crazy and you forget that you used to do that. And you flip open that page and you go, "Oh, that's right. That was really good. Maybe I should go back to that." Sure. Kind of, kind of like with my my, my uh, the daily sanity checklist. You know, like I don't always do that, but when I feel like, "Oh, I need I need this thing," I have that checklist saved. So that I can go back to doing that daily and asking myself those questions daily until I still f- until I feel better, and then I go, okay, I don't want to do this anymore because now it's becoming a chore, and I stop doing it. But that checklist is saved, so that when I do need it, I can go to it. And I think that stuff is, I think that plays into this marginal gains thing where it's like if you can find all these things, what you're doing is you're giving yourself all of these little one percent improvements. You know, like I know that if I ever need a PDF converted to a JPEG multiple times a week, that I can create a folder and use Mac Automator. Mm. And I can just, and, and I don't remember how to do that. But if I had a personal procedure manual 
And I would have put that in when I was doing it. So that if I ever had to do it again, I could just go back in there and go, here's how you do it. I don't have to go searching for the internet, watching shit on YouTube to learn how to do it again. Hmm. That's what I think the purpose of this is. is that one, per, one of those marginal gains is the time we waste looking for shit we've, ever le- we've already learned. Sure. Which drives me nuts continually. How many times I go, I, I feel like I already know the answer to this. Oh, we do that at least four times a podcast or four times an episode. <laughs> we do it all the time. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give myself an experiment and I'm gonna try to make one of those. Interesting. I've got I feel, notebooks I feel and notebooks full like, like I feel like from person to person the delivery methods is gonna be very different as well. Oh yeah. I don't even know how where I would store it. That's why I was like, well, PDF is pretty much a future proof. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be more mindful of <laughs> not saying things like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to edit this episode so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I wonder if the you know I think my brain's done. So let's let's. I don't know. Do you have any more? Do you have any more that you want to fill on this? I mean, I've got I've got a ton more, but I think that it's a different conversation. Yeah. Like I think I think we can start a conversation on something I'm thinking of right now. All right, and then uh, it's done.